the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Today is the beginning of Advent, as the coming of Jesus Christ. And I want to speak on the, on the topic, our great salvation, taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Salvation is a wonderful word and a wonderful thing. The release of Israeli and Palestinian hostages this past week has brought a great sense of relief and pure joy to the hostages and their families who had been praying and hoping that they would see their loved ones again. In fact, anyone who has ever been rescued from danger and imminent loss of life or limb can remember the great sense of relief and joy that came over them after the danger had passed. The release of the hostages from captivity is small compared to the salvation that believers have experienced through Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are part of a divine plan so grand, so massive in scope, so infinite in purpose, that it is sometimes very difficult to understand our place in it. The Apostle Peter believed that if we could get a glimpse of the grand design we have been blessed to be included in, it would change our whole perspective on life in general, and the Christian life in particular. To be a believer in Jesus Christ is a blessed privilege beyond anything we could ever imagine. In Christ we are accepted, saved, indwelt by the Spirit of God, forgiven, made new, and will have a glorious future in his presence forever. The God we serve loves us so much that he sent his son from heaven who purchased our salvation with his own blood. He rose from the dead, is on the throne of heaven today, and is coming back to receive us, his children, to himself and to judge the world in righteousness. 1 Peter chapter 1, 10 through 11, or 10 through 12 seems like a strange text for an Advent message. 
But when you study it, you discover that there is a vitally important message from God at this particular time to all of us. Peter is seeking to get across to us the great privilege of being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. He tells us three things that make our salvation so precious and so great. First, he said it was predicted by the prophets. First Peter chapter 1, 10 and 11, it was concerning this salvation that the prophets made careful search and investigation. And they prophesied about this gift which God would give you. They tried to find out when the time would be and how it would come. This was the time to which Christ's spirit in them was pointing, in predicting the sufferings that Christ would have to endure and the glory that would follow. So who were the prophets? There were men in the Old Testament whom God chose to be his spokesman here on earth. The prophets had two primary jobs. One, they proclaimed God's word, and two, they predicted future events. Peter's concern is with the, with the prophets as predictors of the future. He wants us to know that though they predicted the coming of Christ, they did not understand all that they predicted. It has been suggested that the prophets were like archers who shot arrows of truth up into the air. Isaiah shot his arrows of truth, so did Micah and Zechariah, Daniel, and others. But they had no idea when those hours of truth or their predictions would be fulfilled. Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament relating to the coming of Jesus Christ? These prophecies occurred over a 1,500-year period. Here are a few of these predictions about the coming of Jesus the Messiah. And... Um, for those who are watching on live stream, uh, you may not catch all of, all of them. But um, we know that um, the prophet Isaiah in, in chapter 7, verse 14, said that Jesus would be born of a virgin. We also know that he would be born in Bethlehem, according to Micah 5 and verse 2. That his ministry would begin in Galilee. Isaiah 9 and verse 1, that he would enter Jerusalem on a donkey, Zechariah 9 and verse 9, that he would be betrayed by a friend, Psalm 41 and verse 9, that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver, Zechariah 11 and verse 12, that he would be wounded and bruised for our transgressions, Isaiah 53 and verse 5, that his hands and feet would be pierced, Psalm 22, verse 16, that he would be crucified with thieves, Isaiah 53, 12, that his bones would not be broken, Psalm 34, and verse 20, that he would be buried in a rich man's tomb, Isaiah 53, 9, and that he would be raised from the dead, Psalm 16, and verse 10. 
Now, these are only a few of the hundreds of prophecies about Jesus given by the Old Testament prophets. They did not understand much of what they predicted. I can imagine Isaiah writing, uh, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and asking God, what does this mean? And the Lord saying, don't worry, Isaiah, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And the same is true of Ezekiel and Daniel and Micah, Zechariah, and all the rest of them. But let's um, look at it another way. Imagine that 25 men are trying to put together a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. But no one has all the pieces, and no one has a picture on the front of the box. Add to that that these men didn't work together and lived hundreds of years apart from each other. David had a few pieces of the puzzle. Isaiah had a few pieces. Daniel had a few pieces. Zachariah had a few pieces, and so on. But no one had all of them. So they earnestly studied their own prophecies to try to understand the time and the circumstances when they would be fulfilled. But try as they might, they never figured it out. As the prophets looked into the future, they knew God was up to something, but they didn't know what it was. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24 that all the prophets testified of him. If you want to understand the Bible, then just look for Jesus in it. The Bible is one book with 66 parts all pointing to Jesus. He is the theme of the Bible. The prophets knew he was coming hundreds of years in advance, and they wrote it all down for our benefit. Sometimes we may doubt our faith in God and even be tempted to wonder if what we believe is true. But remember that Christianity isn't about our feelings. It's about the written facts of history. The predictions are the prophets that have all come true in the person of Jesus Christ. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21 says, The prophets did not think these things up on their own, but they were guided by the Spirit of God. And the Apostle Paul writing in Romans 1 and verse 2 says, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Brothers and sisters, we are the recipients of promises kept of prophecies fulfilled and of faithfulness displayed. The complete forgiveness of sins that Isaiah could only dream about is ours now through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And to us has been given the greatest of all gifts, to be reconciled to God through the sacrificial death of God's one and only Son. But the second thing about this salvation is that it was preached by the apostles. 1 Peter 1.12 And now this good news has been announced by those who preached to you in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So what the prophets predicted came true in Jesus Christ. 
The apostles then took the truth about Jesus and proclaimed it to everyone who would listen. Thus did the church spread across the Roman Empire. And years later, to the end of the earth, or the ends of the earth. And today, Christians are estimated to be some almost three billion after just a handful of men taking seriously the word of God and sharing it with others. So the only explanation of the growth of the church through these two centuries is the one that is given us in verse 12. The apostles preached the message the prophets first announced. In this, we learn that preaching is nothing less than declaring the good news about what God has said and done for sinful humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. If anyone listening to me wants to know the latest Gallup poll or what the politicians running for office next November are saying, you can find that information in the Boston Globe or your local newspaper, on Fox News and NBC and CNN or on the Internet. But my responsibility as pastor is not to give political or social or sociological commentary, but to proclaim the good news of salvation to men and women lost in sin and need and in need of salvation. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jews first and also the Gentiles. And writing to the Christians at Corinth, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, verse 1 and 2, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. You see, if preaching is not based on the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, then it simply becomes social and political commentary. True preaching is Christ-centered and gospel-saturated. Otherwise, instead of giving good news, we are just offering good advice. The apostles preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter mentions the Holy Spirit twice in these three verses. He says it was the Spirit of Christ who gave the Old Testament prophets the prophecies they uttered. And the early Christians proclaimed the good news of Christ's death and resurrection in the power of the Holy Spirit. The early Christians reached their world for Jesus without church buildings, without hymnals, organs, pianos, praise bands, without radio or television, or even without the internet. How did they survive without all the high-tech marvels that we take for granted today? If they had a secret, here it is. They believed the word of God. They preached the good news of salvation in Christ. And they did it 
in the power of the Holy Spirit. A good part of the problem we face today in the church is a lack of knowledge of God's word, the scriptures. Some years ago, I think it was about 13 years ago, a lady came into our Wednesday evening prayer meeting. And during the testimony period, she stood up and she said, God has seven sons, and each is located on one of the seven continents. And on and on she went. To my surprise and dismay, some in the meeting said, Amen. Imagine people who have been listening to the message of the gospel for years saying amen to something which was false. But thank God, one of our deacons stood up and said, we do not believe or teach that in this church. And as shepherd of the flock, I took the opportunity to state what we believe about Jesus Christ, God's one and only son. Biblical ignorance is pervasive in the church, which opens the door to the cults and to their false teaching. Spiritual ignorance abounds today in just about all, all churches, wherever they are found. But my calling as pastor over these 43 years has been to preach and teach the scriptures not just what's going on in the community, but to preach the scriptures because they are from God and this is God's message so that everyone can understand the nature of our great salvation and to be encouraged and supported as they seek to spread the good news. But the third thing about our salvation or this great salvation is that it was pondered by the angels now, 1 Peter 1.12 says, These are things which even the angels would like to understand. And the New Living Translation says, It is also wonderful that even angels are eagerly watching these things happen. You see, angels are spirit beings who were created by God to serve him in the spirit world. They were created to minister to the heirs of salvation, that is to us who believe. Hebrews 1 and verse 14 in the Good News Translation says, What are the angels then? They are spirits who serve God and are sent by him to help those who are to receive salvation. And the psalmist says in Psalm 34 and verse, verses 7 and 8, if you honor the Lord, his angel will protect you. Discover for yourself that the Lord is kind. Come to him for protection and you will be glad. And But uh, the NIV, which we are, translation which we are more familiar with, says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. You see, angels are God's secret service agents. Who do you think has rescued you from dangers seen and unseen? From those accidents that you were certain would end your life? The angels of God. John Patton was 
a missionary in the New Hebrides Islands in the Pacific. One night, hostile natives surrounded the mission station, intent on burning it down and killing the Pattons. John Patton and his wife prayed during the terror-filled night that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see that their attackers had left. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Christ. Remembering what had happened, Patton asked the chief what had kept them from burning down the, the house and killing them. And the chief of the tribe replied, Who were all those men surrounding the house? Patton knew that there were no men present. But the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments and drawn swords circling the mission station. Angelic protection, my brothers and sisters. But the question is, why would angels marvel at our salvation? Is that they were present when God created human beings on the earth. They were aware of the fall of human beings into sin and their turning away from God. They watched with wonder the birth of Jesus the Messiah. They sang at his birth. They ministered to him in his sufferings. And they were present at his resurrection. Why would they marvel at our salvation? There are no saved angels because salvation is not for them but for us. Jesus died to redeem sinful men and women, not the angels, because they did not sin. We alone of all the creatures of the universe can experience the wonders of God's saving grace. And this caused the angels to study and ponder the mysteries of a salvation that they did not share. Here is Peter's message made plain. Peter says, God loves us so much, the angels in heaven are amazed. They know something they do not know. Anything about grace and mercy and forgiveness. They have never experienced the new birth, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or the wonder of deliverance from sin. We are far more privileged than they are. Think of what we have seen day after day and experienced. A drug dealer who becomes a preacher. A criminal who becomes a law-abiding citizen. A murderer who becomes a child of God. What the prophets predicted but could not understand. What the angels wondered at but never experienced. We understand and experience it day by day. We are privileged beyond measure. Because of our great salvation, we can now have joy in the midst of sorrows, strength in the midst of weakness, comfort in the midst of calamities, hope in the midst of heartaches, encouragement in the midst of failures, and confidence in the midst of challenges. So what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 2-4. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.